Tell you what, I don't know about you, but I cannot wait for that day where we are finally home. You know, this is not our home, and we are so stuck here. We're so focused on what's happening right here all around us. We were not meant to be here for an eternity on this earth. And so that's one reason why I'm talking about this subject called afterlife. Several months ago, as I, as I prayed about where, where we're going, and I'm, I'm, I, we've got Christmas going all in my hand. I'm working on that. You're, you're, gonna, you're gonna be very excited about that, I think. Um, and I'm working on some things for the new year. Lord, what do you, what do you wanna speak to my heart to the people of Lake Point, to the community of Emerson and Bartow County, and where, where are you taking us? And so several months ago, I just felt like God was saying, people are so stuck on their day-to-day operations on this earth that they don't even, they're not even thinking about the afterlife. And I know it's kind of creepy. A lot of people don't like to think about where they go when they die, but can I tell you something? Unless Jesus comes back, in your lifetime, which I hope to God that would that please come, Lord Jesus, that would be awesome. But in, in, unless He comes during our lifetime, you and I are going to die, and you and I have lost family members, friends, who have gone on to the afterlife. And in this uh, in this afterlife, we, we we obviously we know we're understanding uh, that when we die, we're we're going to go somewhere. Uh, our, our souls last forever. And so we will either go to hell or we will go to heaven. And so with this series, we're so, uh, I want us to get uh, away from earthly pre- preoccupations. Um, I said last week, um, the reason I'm doing this, this series is because our earthly preoccupations make us rarely think of our eternal destinations. You can even tweet that. It's a great, it, it all fits in, in the characters. But our earthly preoccupations rarely make us think of our eternal destination. And so last week we talked about hell. You know, a lot of churches, and I've, been, I've grown up churches all my life, and I've very rarely heard sermons about hell. And so whenever I, I began studying this series, I was like, I, I, gotta, I gotta get some information on hell. What does the Bible say about hell? And so we talked about last week and just uh, a couple of things we learned from last week. First of all, hell was not created for you. We learned that last week. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. It was never meant for us. Okay, so I want to make sure you understand that some people think that well, God's so mean; He just created this hell and sent people that don't like Him to this to this place. No, that's all wrong. That's unbiblical. Hell was created. And this is Jesus saying. If anybody would know this, it would be Jesus. Jesus said hell was created for Satan and his angels, and so it wasn't created for us. But the reason why we we uh, go there is because sin entered uh, the world into our life. And because God is a sinless being, a, a, uh, he, he cannot allow uh, sin to, uh, to be a part of his, his, his nature, his purity. And so because of that, um, we've uh, got to be separated from God. Um, another thing we learned is um, hell is our default destination. Hell is our default destination. Once sin enters into our life, once we are cognizant of, of what sin is, and we understand the difference between sin and, and or difference between right and wrong, and we deliberately ma- make that sin, which pretty much I, I, I would imagine everybody in this room has sinned. If you've told a lie, 
if you've had a bad thought or whatever, you have sinned. And so um, that is, our, because of that, our destination is hell. It is our default destination. We don't just get to go to heaven. Not everybody just goes to heaven. But getting to heaven is actually pretty simple. Jesus made it simple. Look, I gotta do is believe on me and that I took away your sins. And my Father in heaven put all the sins on me on the cross and sin died when I died. And then I defeated death, hell, and the grave three days later. And so uh, we learned that hell is our default destination, and so to get on the right track, we need to accept Jesus as Savior. Another thing we learned is that there's no second chance. There's no second chance. Um, we don't get to uh, spend some time somewhere and come up to, uh, to heaven uh, or, or to, to the throne of God and bow and say, Jesus, I, I, I'm sorry. You know, I, I've lived a life uh, that's not worthy. I was not a righteous person. Uh, please forgive me. Jesus will say, you know what, I, I never knew you, depart from me. Those, those are harsh words. Those are harsh words. But what is, Jesus is saying, look, the sin in this world, we cannot have. I cannot be a part of that. And so um, once you understand the, what hell is like and that everybody is, that is their default location, destination, and then once we understand that we can go to heaven by asking Jesus Christ to be Lord of our life and then live a righteous life. Well, last week we talked about hell, and so this week I want us to talk a little bit about heaven. So I'm gonna spend the next couple of weeks talking about what heaven is. You saw that great video, I love that video. The first time I saw that video, I was like, oh wow, that, that is amazing. And, and it really helps us to understand and some of the things that we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks helps us get a better picture of heaven. I spent a lot of time uh, studying uh, what this book says uh, and other commentaries about what this book says regarding heaven. And I'm telling you what, I've been to church all my life and I learned a lot of things about heaven that I can't wait to share with you. But first of all, how do we know that there is even a heaven? Well, in John chapter 14, if you have your copy of God's Word, I would encourage you to turn to that. We have it on the screen, and we also have it on the YouVersion Bible app. But in John chapter 14, verse 1 through 3, this is Jesus talking. He says this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have not told you that I'm going to there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me that you also may be where I am. So Jesus is talking about, look, there is a heaven. There is a place that you can go to when you die for those who um, have accepted me. But what is, um, what is heaven going to kind of look like? What is, what is um, this this place is going to look like. And it's kind of hard to imagine, to envision. You know, when I was growing up as a, as a kid, the, the only time that pastors and preachers mentioned heaven, they all kind of mentioned like, you know, it's just going to be awesome. We're going to just be uh, gathered around the throne and we're going to be singing songs for an eternity. And it, we're going to be learning things from people and everything. And I'm telling you what, as a kid, I want to be honest with you, as a kid, I didn't really like that vision too much. And you know what? Even as an adult, now look, I'm a pastor, and I'm, I'm telling you this, that doesn't totally excite me. If, meaning this, I want to see Jesus, absolutely. I want to be where Jesus is. But 
an eternal church service? I mean, really, think about that. I mean, you, you guys, we come here, you know, a little over an hour once a week. Imagine if that was an eternity of, of, of singing and, and, and others preaching and, that, and we're learning from others. And, and so whenever pastors talk to me about those things as a kid, I was like, you know, I'm not really looking forward to heaven, you know? And, but, but one thing we're going to understand, we're going to get to this today and even better, even next week. One thing we've got to understand is that heaven is, uh, is not just an eternal church service. Now, will there be singing? Yes, of course. There's going to be great singing. You know, there's going to be uh, lots of joy. There's going to be, uh, you know, we're going to learn some things from, from others. You know, to be able to sit down with, with people like Moses, you know, and, and, and Noah. And it's like, Noah, wow, how'd you, how'd you build that thing, you know, and where, where's, where was it really located, you know, because we're trying to find it, and, you know, and that kind of deal. And there's so many questions, and I cannot wait uh, for that. But uh, but as, as a kid, I didn't like that, that view of that, and so some of you may have had those things as well. So why do we have this view? Why do we have this view that heaven is sort of a, just a, it's sort of a bummer, you know? All we do is just have a church service, which is great, but if we did that for an eternity, that's not really appealing to a lot of people. Here's the reason why. The devil, he knows what heaven is like. He knows what heaven is like, because you know, he used to be there. He used to be the worship leader in heaven. I can show you scripture in Revelation and, 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 and in Daniel and in Isaiah, where it talks about where Satan was a worship leader in heaven. And so he knows what it's like. And so when he was banned from heaven, and uh, because he, he tried to uh, take some of that glory, some of God's glory, and tried to uh, set up a new uh, a new level of leadership in heaven. Well, that wasn't going to uh, last there in heaven with God. And so G uh, uh, the devil knows what heaven is like. And so he does not want us to know anything about it. He keeps us distracted from that. So let's say this. Let's say if, if you know somebody who has, who has a, uh, an island, it's sort of a, a remote island uh, off the, the Caribbean coast or, or somewhere where nobody knows about. And this island, you have to get there, just it's got a it's got a small little airstrip and you can get there. But on this island, it's got a uh, an incredible resort. And it's got a, a full wait staff there to to uh, provide meals and, and, and to provide, you know, you're changing your, your beds and that kind of stuff and to take care of all the guests. And this friend of yours looks at you and says, look, now look. Nobody knows about this except for the people that are there. Sort of like a fantasy island, you know, the plane, the plane, if you're old enough to remember that. So sort of like a fantasy island deal where, where you, nobody else really knows about it, and, and uh, nobody knows how to get there, but I'm going to tell you about it, and, and, and you say, wow, that sounds great. How much does it cost? And, and your friend says, well, it's free. Y even the... Even the airfare, I'll even fly you. There's a plane, I have a private plane to fly you from Atlanta to this place, and it doesn't cost you anything. And you can stay as long as you want. Can my family come? Absolutely. Your family can come. And so you, you go to this remote island, this remote place, and you're taken care of, and it's the most beautiful place you've ever seen. And then you come back home, and then you're so excited, you can't believe 
that this is something that is free. And so you, you, it's a place where you would, you would pig out on the food, you would relax, you'd do all this stuff, but there's one thing you wouldn't do. <laughs> you wouldn't tell anybody about this place. Why? Because then everybody know about it. Are you kidding me? If you told one of your friends or one of your other friends would know about it, and then they would, uh, they would tell uh, their friends, and then uh, this place would be crowded and, uh, because it's free to get there, and then all of your nice little island would, would be packed, and it, it wouldn't be a great experience. So you don't tell any of your friends about it because you can keep it all for yourself because it's a beautiful place. Nobody knows about it. Satan wants to treat heaven like that with you. He's like, look, <laughs> it's a good gig. Heaven, I've been there. And I don't want any of our people to be, a, I don't want any of the people on this earth to know about heaven. I don't want them to understand how beautiful it is, how peaceful it is, and everything. And so uh, he keeps heaven sort of vague. And he doesn't let us talk about heaven. And he gets us so preoccupied with things on this earth that we don't think about heaven. You know, heaven is not even on our radar screen sometimes. It's not even on our radar screen. And, um, and so because of that, um, we're not really excited about it. I mean, if heaven is not something that we think about often, then we wouldn't be excited about it. And if we aren't excited about it, parents, I'm going to talk to you. How can our children be excited about heaven if we never really talk about heaven to them? And here's another, here's another thing. This is, goes for all the believers in this room. If you don't really think about heaven, if we don't think about heaven much, if we're not excited about heaven, then how are we going to have that excitement to share with others about heaven? We're not. We're not. Why? Because we don't think about it. It's not even on our radar screen. You know, being able to have this, this idea that heaven is just this place, you know, that's kind of out there. It's kind of hard to imagine. You know, there's not much, there's not much that people talk about. And so the enemy wants us to think that heaven is just sort of this mystical place. We don't know that much. And we just think we're going to be like ghostly spirits just kind of floating around and, you know, and not really sure what's going on. And, and what do we do there? Well, I guess we'll find out when we die. But the problem is we're supposed to be preparing our life to get to heaven and telling others about heaven on this life. And we need to be excited about it. Well, why is heaven off of our radar screens? The reason why is because it's beyond our imagination. It's hard to imagine what heaven is going to be like. You know, we, um, we, uh, we try to make heaven sound so spiritual that it ends up becoming so unappealing. And I've kind of mentioned that earlier. We've, we've, had, we've had churches and pastors, and, and I've heard this many times. We, sound, we make it sound so just spiritual to where, uh, to where it's almost unappealing, to where we're just sitting around the throne singing praises and we're just kind of these, these spiritual bodies floating around and that kind of thing. We don't, we don't know what it looks like. We don't even w want to imagine, you know, kind of, uh, kind of where we would live, you know, what kind of food we would eat. In fact, I've even had pastors telling me before, you can't even imagine. Heaven is so beautiful, you can't even imagine. You know, my response was, okay, then I won't imagine it. I won't imagine heaven. 
And guess what? It moves off my radar screen. I'm not even thinking about it. If I can't imagine it, I'm telling you today, I'm encouraging you today, imagine heaven. Imagine heaven, a place where you can meet some of your loved ones. Imagine walking on streets of gold and having conversations with people and thinking of friends and family members who love Jesus and are now with them. Picture, picture them with you walking together in this place. All of you have powerful bodies, stronger than uh, Olympic you know, athletes. You, know? um, you are laughing, playing, talking, reminiscing. Everywhere you go, there are th- new things to discover, new things to do. Sort of in the, in the video, it, it, incur- it encourages us and reminds us, look, we're going to be running and walking, and we're going to be, uh, we're going to be exploring, and there's going to be all kinds of amazing things to do in heaven. And, and in Colossians, uh, we are told to even uh, think about heaven. And in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, this is Paul saying, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So my encouragement to you is to think about heaven, talk about heaven, talk about heaven with others. You know, it, it, it's kind of like a trip to Disney. You know, when you, when you tell your kids that you're going to Disney, man, you, uh, you could tell them several months ahead, and they're going to be talking about Disney every day, every day talking about Disney. And so you plan this trip to Disney. You know, you, 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 get, your, um, you get your hotel, you get your, your, uh, your food lined up, your meal ticket, and you even have an idea of where you're going, what park you're going to, and then you get all this planned and you're so excited about it. You know, folks, can I tell you something? And I'm guilty of this as well. I've spent more time planning for a Disney trip that I have telling others about heaven. Now, I've told a lot of people about having freedom from sin and having new life in Jesus Christ, absolutely. But you know what? I very rarely talk to people about heaven. Why? Again, I was told not to imagine it. It's too beautiful for it to you to imagine. Don't, you can't even imagine it. Okay, I won't. Imagine heaven, talk about heaven, plan for heaven, Talk to others about heaven, almost like you're going on a Disney trip. So now, what we're going to do is, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to talk about sort of what heaven looks like. Now, this is one of the things that I've learned uh, and and I've looked at while studying about heaven. Today, I'm going to talk about the present heaven. Now, I'm going to ask you uh, to kind of hang with me a little bit mentally while I go through some things. But in Scripture, and I'm going to share this in Scripture, we, we have this idea of, and not just idea, we have this proof that there is a present heaven and there is an eternal heaven. And when we die, believers in Christ, and that's important, believers in Christ will not go to the heaven where we'll live forever. Believers, when they die, when we die, we will not go to the eternal heaven where we will live forever. However, instead, we will go to an immediate heaven or a present heaven. And I'm going to show you in Scripture uh, where that comes from. We will go to a present heaven, which means that, man, as soon as we die, 
would go to this present heaven. And in this present heaven, where those who died covered by the Christ blood are now, where we, we will wait for the time of Christ's return to earth. So while we're in this present heaven, we're gonna wait for Christ to come to earth and receive everyone. It's called the rapture. And then uh, there's gonna be uh, you know, sort of a spiritual war and battle. We're gonna go to that next week. But Christ will return and set up his kingdom and we're gonna be there waiting on that time. The other thing we're doing at present heaven is we're gonna wait for our body resurrection. Our body resurrected from the dead will rise up and uh, we are soul and body. We're not just souls, we're not just bodies. We are soul and body, so we'll wait for that. We'll also wait for the final judgment when everyone will be judged accordingly, okay? Now, because you're bought, if you are bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, you're going to go to this present heaven, and you're, you're going to go to the eternal heaven. Absolutely. And we'll talk about that in just a second. We're going to be going to that eternal heaven, uh, but there's going to t- come a time in the, in the final judgment when everyone will be judged uh, for what they've done and what they've not done. And a lot of our rewards in heaven will depend upon that. More on that next Sunday. You don't want to miss that. But when we uh, on that final judgment, we will also, he will also judge those people who have not accepted Christ and who will be uh, thrown into the lake of fire. The other thing we will do in that present heaven is we will wait for the creation of the new heaven and the new earth. Now, you say new heaven, new earth. What does that mean? It means this. The new heaven, the new earth, means that the new Jerusalem, we're going to read this in just a moment. The new Jerusalem will come down from the present heaven onto the new earth. You say, you mean this place? Yes, the new earth. Now, uh, Christ is going to set up his kingdom. God's going to set up his kingdom here on the new earth. It's going to be like all brand new, like you know, flipping a house. God's going to flip earth, all right? And, and then he's going to make it a place where it's so amazingly beautiful. So you think, oh, so some of the, some of the things that, that we get to see, like, like the amazing Appalachian Mountains and the, and the colorful leaves and some of that stuff, we, we, can, we can see that in the eternal heaven? I would imagine that would be there, but probably more colors than we can ever imagine. So when you start thinking about heaven being a new earth, you can sort of imagine, oh, so it's kind of like, it, it, it's kind of like this, but even more beautiful, more pleasant, more awesome food you can ever imagine. You know, buffet and you don't gain weight. That's <laughs> praise Jesus, you know. You know, I just, I hope that there's a Krispy Kreme outlet there somewhere, you know, or something. You know, so I, it makes you understand that, hey, I can imagine heaven. If heaven's going to be here on a new earth, I can imagine that. And so, but you think, okay, what about this present heaven? How, how does all that work? Okay, well, let, let's say this. Let's say if, uh, if you got a... Um, if someone gave you a, a new house, and that, uh, that new house happens to be in, in Myrtle Beach, okay? Now, Myrtle Beach, I've never been there, but it's, I heard it's, it's pretty slick. So let's say if you got, a, you got a house, Myrtle Beach, 
and, um, and you got a job uh, of doing something that you have always wanted to do. And it's something that, man, this is my dream job. It pays lots of money. And you've been given this job. And, and let's say if you wanted to, uh, wanted to go to Myrtle Beach, okay? Well, now let's say if you fly from Atlanta to Myrtle Beach. Well, if you're flying from Atlanta to Myrtle Beach, let's say if you have a, if you have a layover in, in Dallas, Texas, Okay, sometimes you never know how planes, you know, fly you to layovers. But let's say if you have a layover in Dallas, Texas, and in, that, in, in Dallas, Texas, you have a layover of about a day, all right? And so you have a day layover, and, and, but while you're there, you get to spend some time with some friends you know in Dallas, Texas, some friends who are eventually going to be going to Myrtle Beach with you. And so you're there in Dallas, and after your, uh, after your layover or day, you get on the plane, and you go to Myrtle Beach, now, when your friends here in Atlanta ask you, oh, you're going to Myrtle Beach, you're going to go live at Myrtle Beach? Oh, you got a house? Someone gave you a house, someone gave you a job. That is awesome. What do you tell people that you're going? Do you tell them you're going to Dallas? Well, no. You're, not, I mean, you're stopping by Dallas, but you're going to Myrtle Beach. And, and when, the, when, uh, when you tell your, uh, your friends that you're going to Myrtle Beach, oh, okay, you don't even mention Dallas. You don't even, you don't even uh, say, well, I mean, Dallas is something that is sort of a layover, okay? And, 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 you, um, and you get your ticket and you have that layover and meet your friends and they all go to Myrtle Beach. And so that analogy is sort of like, best we can, can describe, that analogy is sort of like the present heaven and the eternal heaven. The present heaven, which is going to look much better than Dallas, Texas. I've lived there. <laughs> so it's going to look much better than Dallas, Texas. But the present heaven is just a layover. It's just a layover. There are people that you and I know that are in the present heaven. And they're waiting for the eternal heaven that's going to be established on this earth. Now, you may say, okay, well, Frank, what, what is this proof of this, of this new heaven? In Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 through 3. Revelation 21, verses 1 through 3. This is uh, John, the apostle, with this uh, vision from God. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Did you see that? The first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband, Jesus Christ. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. In John chapter 14, um, it says this, verse 23. John chapter 14, verse 23. It says, whoever has my commands, this is Jesus talking, and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. And so he's basically saying, whoever loves me will be, and I too will love him and show myself to him. And so... Um, is that the right verse when you go in? Okay. Now, yes, Jesus replied. So basically, he is saying this, that when we go into the new 
uh, into the new heaven and the new earth. I'm going to be with you. We will come and we will make our home with you. And so that's the new heaven and the new earth. So you heard John talk about the old heaven and the old earth will pass away. And he saw the new Jerusalem, the new city coming down and landing here on earth. I don't know how that's going to happen, but God can do that. So John saw that vision um, with that. Now, what does Scripture say about the present heaven? In Luke chapter 23, verse 42 through 43, I'm, I'm going to share several passages of Scripture to show this to you. So this is about the present heaven. Then he said, this is a thief on the cross next to Jesus. The thief says this, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today you will be with me in paradise. Meaning there's not going to be some sort of prolonged soul sleep. We're not going to have this long period of, of unconsciousness where after we die, we're laid in the grave, and then we're just, we're just you know, going to have a, this unconsciousness uh, state, and we're just going to kind of be nothing. Today, you will be with me in paradise. That is Jesus uh, talking. And so there's not going to be any kind of, uh, uh, any kind of soul uh, sleep. Now, our physical bodies will sleep. And, and Paul uh, talks about that uh, in one of his books. He talks about there's going to be a, a time uh, whenever you die, your, your, your body will be, will be asleep, but your soul will immediately go to paradise or the present heaven. And uh, now that is if we've accepted Christ as Savior. In Revelation chapter 6, verse 9 through 11, this is again John seeing this vision. He says this, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and their testimony they had maintained. Now what he's talking about, he's talking about martyrs, people who have, who have been killed because of their faith. Okay, there's about 400 martyrs. Uh, there's about 400 Christians being killed a day because of their faith. That's... Uh, that's just studies that they've shown. And, um, and as you look at um, those studies, I tell you what, it breaks my heart. 400 people die every day in this world because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what, Bartow County, Georgia, we got it easy here. We've got it easy. There are people right now being killed because of their faith. And of course, we saw that recently in Oregon. So they... The uh, martyrs, they called out in a loud voice, how long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge your blood? Then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer until the full number of their fellow servants, their brothers and sisters, were killed just as it had been. And so, G, uh, so the martyrs were having this conversation um, with Jesus, with how long will you wait until you avenge those, until you avenge the evil in this world, until you purge the evil in this world, and, and then uh, and later on in Revelation talking about setting up your kingdom on this earth. Well, what are some things that we can learn from that passage that we just read? Now, this is, again, the present heaven. 
before the final judgment, before Jesus comes back. When we die in the present heaven, what is it going to be like? What are some things that we learn from that scripture right there? Number one, your personal history will be intact. Your personal history will be intact. In other words, these martyrs, they knew that they were killed on earth. They knew of their history. They knew that they were Christ followers on this earth, and they were martyred. And so uh, you will remember things on this earth. You will be remembered by who you were on this earth. They say, well, Frank, I don't want people to know who I was, you know, in heaven, okay? Well, you're going to be, uh, you're going to be a new creation, but you will not uh, I mean, you're not going to have, there's not going to be sin in heaven, but there's going to be things in your life, in your history, in your past that you're going to be able to connect between what is happening on this earth and in the present heaven. What else do we know? They're going to know what's happening on the earth. The martyrs there in that passage, they knew that what was happening on this earth, and because they were asking Jesus, look, when are you going to avenge this evil? When are you going to take care of this? So when you are in the present heaven, when you die, you're going to have some sort of sense, and obviously we don't know how much of this, but you're going to have some sort of sense of what is going on down here on earth in the present heaven. There are people up there right now, loved ones. My grandfather, who who is a, a pastor and a church planter, and, and uh, he's in heaven right now, in the present heaven. And when I, when I realize, when I understand this, and I come to understand, wow, th- you mean my grandfather is in the present heaven, and he could, be, he could be listening to his grandson preach the word of God, and how exciting that is. And so you have loved ones in the present heaven who could be understanding what's happening here on this earth. And also what we learn from this is that the present heaven and earth, the present earth, coexist. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. And so you have this vision of what Paul is doing. He's painting this idea of, of the, uh, you know, the old Roman uh, arenas where the athletes would compete with one another. And you have uh, these coliseums where people would, would, would surround what is happening in the arena. And they would be cheering on their athletes. And so what Paul is saying, look, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. He is saying, look, there are people right now who are cheering us on. It's not like they've, they've, gone, they've gone before and that's it. Yeah, they've died and gone before, but there is a, there is a connection, there is a coexist uh, uh, element between the present heaven and the present earth. And so there are people around us that are watching us and cheering 
us on. In Luke chapter 15, verse 10, it says this, Luke 15, 10. Jesus says this, in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now, you may have heard that verse, but here's what's really, really, really cool about that verse. I've read that verse, and I've heard that verse many, many times. How when one, one person who, who comes to Christ, comes to faith in Jesus Christ, when they come to faith in Jesus Christ, then the, the angels are rejoicing, and everybody's rejoicing in heaven. That's how I understood that. But did you catch something on here? There is rejoicing in the presence of the angels. Okay, if there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels, who is rejoicing? It's the saints of those who've gone before. <laughs> it's a coliseum full of those people who have gone on from this world and are now in the present heaven. Which means this, my grandfather, when each of my children came to, to their faith in Jesus Christ, my grandfather, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Amen. He'd say this, glory, hallelujah. That's what he'd say all the time. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. He was saved. Glory, hallelujah. She was saved. The people that are cheering, they're cheering in the presence of the angels. There is a direct coexistence between the present heaven and the present earth. You may say, well, but Frank, if there's a coexistence between the present heaven and the present earth, then if they know what's going on, then won't there be sort of a sadness? Won't they kind of know what's going on? That's a hard question. We don't know the full answer to that, but we do know that, that they, see every, they see things that Jesus is doing, that God is doing in the hearts and lives of people, and that makes joy come uh, and flood over them, and it makes them uh, excited to see what God is doing, and there is joy in heaven. They may see some things that are going on, some of the sadness things. You may say, well, what about the, the part when, when Jesus is going to wipe away every tear? Well, yes, that is in Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. It says this, Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. Let's look at that. <clears throat> he, Jesus, will wipe away tears from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. And here's a key part. For the old order of things has passed away. The old order of things has passed away. When Jesus is going to wipe away every tear from their eye, it's going to be at a time when the present heaven and the present earth are gone. And God establishes his kingdom, the new heaven, on the new earth. That, my friend, is hope. That, my friend, is hope. When Jesus will wipe away every tear. 
It's kind of like if you were to go on a trip uh, to Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii. heard it's a great place. If you were to go to a trip on Hawaii on, a, on an extended vacation, and it's beautiful, and it's awesome, but, but let's say if on this trip you hear of maybe one of your friends, uh, maybe their mother or their father passing away, you know, maybe, maybe they were fighting cancer or something, and you hear of that, and, you, and, and your, heart is, your, your heart is broken and saddened for that, and you pray for your friend, but you're still in Hawaii, and you're in paradise, and you're seeing that, and you're enjoying that, and, and it brings lots of joy to your life, but you also are aware of what's happening back at home. I think that's maybe a little bit of what the present heaven and how the present heaven and the present earth are going to coexist uh, in this world. And so, but what about, Frank, what about my friends that, that I've lost? What about my parents? What about those people that I've lost? You know, we've all, we've all lost people. You know, there's, a, there's a, uh, a friend of mine back in college. His name is Walter Foster. Now, Walter, Walter was a black guy, and uh, we would sing together. In fact, he would do the rapping, and I would do the singing for obvious reasons. <laughs> And, and, and we would do uh, these songs. We'd go do these, these youth camps and, and these youth disciples and, and he'd bring a lot of energy. Man, I loved that guy. He was an awesome dude. Walter was great. And, uh, and we'd do all these things. That, well, you know, obviously we'd, uh, I got married and, uh, to Suzanne, and we uh, got a job, moved to Texas. And, and, uh, and so we, we kept in touch um, uh, while I lived in Texas and, and everything. But while we were in Texas, one night, I, um, I woke up uh, uh, like around 10.30 or so and just was like, you know, I, I just can't sleep. And so I went to uh, sort of another part of the house and to the music area. I had a keyboard. And, and so I put the headphones on my, key, uh, my head and, and was just starting to play some songs, just some worship songs that I like playing and that kind of deal, kind of maybe, you know, settle me down a little bit. And then I started doodling some melodies of some, of some kind of making up stuff and like, hey, this sounds cool. And then I started going through a melody that I started to play. And for some reason, it was a simple melody. For some reason, I started to break down and cry. Like, like sobbing mess cry. Now, I, I'm not a huge crier, and so this was weird for me. I was like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> and I just kept playing that simple melody over and over and over again, and I was just saddened. Lord, what in the world is going on? So I, I, I did that just for a few minutes and just kind of spent some time in prayer and just went to bed. Well, a few hours later, we got a phone call about two in the morning from some other friends at college and who are still back, back in Baton Rouge, and, and they said, we, we hate to tell you this, but Walter Foster died of a heart attack, age 22. I was devastated. Walter was my friend, my buddy. And, and uh, we were able to talk to the people that were there with Walter when, when he passed, and I wanted to know details. I wanted to know, what, what was it like? What we, did he say anything? What, what was it like? And it's like, no, he went, he went peacefully as well as he could, and the paramedics came. I said, well, what time was that? And he says, you know, he died just a, just a couple of minutes after 11 o'clock. And it was that same time 
the exact same time, or 11 o'clock, is when that melody came to my mind, and I started playing that melody, and my heart was saddened. I lost my friend. I lost my, my singing buddy. And I was saddened by that. And what's, what's cool is that I was able to sing at his funeral, and, and at the end of the song that I played, I added that little melody at the end. I can only imagine that Walter was looking down, saying, that's a boy, Frank. Good job. You know, or whatever. I don't know. But there is a connection. There is a connection between the present earth and the present heaven. I, I, I know it. I know there is. You know, one of the songs that Walter and I used to do together was a song by DC Talk called Heaven Bound. And he would, he'd do the rap, I'd do the singing and that kind of stuff. It is awesome. But you know, Walter Foster is heaven bound. He was heaven bound. And he's there in heaven waiting for the return of Jesus. He's there with Jesus. He's there with Jesus celebrating and waiting for the new heaven and the new earth. Are you heaven bound today? Are you heaven bound today? Have you accepted Christ as Savior? Are you sitting there thinking, man, Frank, I don't know if I were to die today if I'd go to heaven or not. And so uh, every head bowed, every eye closed. We're gonna, about to close this out. We're going to take up our offering, and, and then we'll close it out. But th- let's just take just a moment, just every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're sitting here in your, this room, and you're thinking, Frank, I need to accept Christ as Savior. I need to be heaven bound. I don't know where I would go if I were to die today. If you don't know where you would go if you were to die today, if you want to make sure of that, just simply raise your hand. Simply raise your hand. If you don't know, and if you want Jesus Christ, excellent, excellent. Well, if you raise your hand, I know, I see those hands raised. I want to meet you after the service. I want to meet you after the service. We're going to talk. We're going to pray uh, together.